1: Every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem one 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. So, baby, welcome in. It is a Monday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, J.J. John Zestremski, right here on the Ringer Podcast Network, and I want to apologize to all the Jeff fans out there, because maybe I had some bad voodoo, maybe I sprinkled some horrific pissy dust on you after what transpired on Sunday night, I gave it out as my wisest wager, I was all aboard the idea that the Jets would bounce back and beat the Vegas Raiders. How stupid am I? Shame on me. Shame on me for thinking the Jets would actually go to Vegas and score a touchdown. Shame on me for thinking the Jets would actually clean up penalty issues that continue to destroy this team. Shame on me for thinking the Jet defense would go and be the best unit on the field in this particular game, and they were good, and you give them a B plus. but at the end of the day, they didn't do their very best, and they didn't do their jobs. And what else is new? Another game in which the game is on the line and your quarterback can't get it done. Now, it's very easy for me to come on starting this show like I did on Monday, roasting Zach Wilson to the high heavens. And by the way, I disagree with the head coach on Monday when he made this narrative and point after the game saying, well, the the takes that are out there saying that this is all on Zach are lazy. On Monday against the Chargers, they weren't lazy. Coach Sala, I watched the game. He stunk. This game against Vegas, he made the crippling, back-breaking late-game interception. But if you look at why the Jets were in the position that they were in, on Sunday night, his answer that he gave on Monday night or Tuesday kind of, to me, has a little more credence. And the biggest reason the Jets were not up by more points at the end of the first half, the self-inflicted wounds continue to be a problem. Our buddy, our pal, CJ Uzama, poo monstrous penalties. The Jets are humming. They get the Aiden O'Connell interception. He looks like the inexperienced DFI quarterback. And you got a chance to go and score a touchdown. Zach is finding Garrett Wilson. Zach's moving the ball with his legs. Great. Looks like he scored a touchdown. Boom. Callback. Stepped out around the two or three yard line. But still, you're a functional, competent offense. You got to go and score a touchdown there. The minute Uzama commits the holding penalty, you know right then and there the Jets are not scoring. And they didn't. And how many times in the first half did you have plays in which the Jets were generating momentum, moving the ball, only to see things called back? Whether it was a chop block, whether it was a holding call, whatever it might be. That's on this coaching staff. Because whatever their messaging is, it ain't getting through. Because what you continue to see is sloppy, undisciplined, subpar execution as far as penalties are concerned. And instead of the Jets being up by 10, instead of the Jets having a comfortable lead, going in the locker room, it's a three-point game. And guess what? They took points off the board, touchdown holding call. How about the three they gave at the end of the first half on the roughing the passer, which will, by the way, set up the Raiders for a field goal. Close game, tight game. You want to tell me that didn't make a difference? Think not. It sure did make a difference. And then you get to the second half and look. The Jet offense was an F. Totally, totally, totally an F. And when you give a team that fired a head coach that is playing for this head coach a chance to have some inspired, feel-good, top-notch moments, they're going to try and seize that. Josh Jacobs made a couple of plays. Jet tackling on a couple of those runs was just not where it needs to be. And this is where I'm going to get on the jet defense. Get the stop on Michael Mayer. I mean, you can't let Aidan O'Connell go and score a touchdown. And I don't want to hear about the turnovers they forced. I don't want to hear the fact that oh, they did this, they did that. No, 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 no. They're held, unfortunately for them, to an unreasonable standard because of how pathetic this offense has been. But you can't allow that touchdown to happen. And they did. And they did. That said, it looked like after the Jets get the turnover late, and they're down four, with the ball, late in the game, here we go. Here's the chance to go and win the game and get to five and four and really be nicely set up to make a playoff run to inspire this dream that Aaron Rodgers floated out to Melissa Stark. Oh, I- I'm coming back in mid-December. I'm going to be there. The games are going to matter. I'm going to come in on my my white horse and be the conquering hero. That was all there for the Jets until Zach Wilson decides to be Zach Wilson. And it's not that he was lighting the world on fire, but he wasn't making a big mistake. He didn't have the back-breaking turnover, but on the interception, it's why this quarterback will never get it. He locks in on the Vegas linebacker. The linebacker, to his credit, read it the entire time, and you knew the minute you saw him jump the rod, he was picking the ball off. And it wasn't even one of these situations where it's like, oh, receiver ran the wrong route, or, you know, he expected them to be in a different place. No, 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 no. The linebacker completely jumped the route. He made the play, and it basically won the Vegas Raiders the game. And I know the Jets had one last chance. I know people are going to go nuts to Conklin, push Garrett Wilson on the Hail Mary. Listen, you're throwing up a Hail Mary. If if we're going to get nuts about a Hail Mary, and that's being the reason you win or lose a game, To say that's a flip of the coin, that's a it's a million to one shot. You know, Aaron Rodgers got one in Detroit and Arizona a few years ago. But aside from that, look at the history of the NFL, there aren't a whole lot of Hail Mary's that can convert it at the end of these games. So don't expect Zach Wilson to be adding to that lore and adding to that luster. This is a devastating loss for the Jets. I said going in, can it be two and two? Chargers, Raiders at Buffalo Home Miami. They're owing to now with the two division games coming up. And the conference losses will kill you as far as tiebreakers are concerned. I don't expect Vegas to be a playoff team, but hey, they're 5-5. They have one more win than the Jets. The Chargers have the same record, but the Chargers now have a tiebreaker over the Jets. Like Things get hairy and they get complicated when you don't have those conference wins. I thought if they could have split these two and then split the next two against the Bills and the Dolphins, all right, six and five, stabilize things going into December. Now, I'd say best case scenario they split these two games, right? That would put them at five and six, and the December schedule is not as easy as people will make it out to be. Houston, by the way, he's got a quarterback who can really play. They just went to Cincinnati and beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Atlanta, that's a game you should win, but Atlanta's a weird team. At Miami, home Washington, at Cleveland, who just beat Baltimore, and then you wrap up the season with the Patriots. You minimum have to split those two games. You lose to Buffalo and Miami this season, it's officially over. But now you're at a point where the dream of, hey, win these two, six and five, we're making our play to be in cont- for the division, which some of you fantasized about a couple weeks ago, now it's more like, hey, split these two for survival mode so that way we're in it in December and maybe there is a conversation about Rodgers coming back if he's physically able to do that, which still seems far-fetched and a little outlandish to begin with. This game is an inexcusable loss. Can't lose to this team. And they did. They were sloppy. They couldn't get the big stop when they needed it. And their quarterback makes the backbreaking mistake that you all expect them to make. And you find a way to lose to Aiden O'Connell and Antonio Pierce and the cigar smoking Vegas Raiders. You'll remember this one if the Jets missed the postseason. Remember, I said that. Now, for the other team in town, the Giant Cowboy game was exactly on brand, on script, to exactly what I thought it would be a full fledged asshole. The Giants never win the game. The Giants got torched by Doc Prescott for 40-plus points, whether it was CeeDee Lamb, whether it was Tony Pollard, whether it was Brandon Cooks, the tight ends, you name it. And offensively, the Giants stink. They're starting Tommy DeVito at quarterback. What do you expect? But as you're sitting there watching this game, a reality should have hit home to all of you. Every single one of you who was in a spot and in a position sitting there watching the late afternoon games and watching the Giants lose by a zillion points. They need to lose the remainder of these games. Or, at the very least, put themselves in the best position possible to end up with the number one and the number two pick in the draft. And that's a real thing. If Tommy DeVito is starting against the Giants for the rest of the year, how can anybody expect them to go and win more than one game? Going it be Philly? I don't think so. Going it be the Commanders next week? I don't think so. Where's the production coming from? And that's a beautiful thing if you're a Giant fan. Look, I'm not saying that this is an enjoyable experience as a football fan. It is not. It's actually a horrific experience as a football fan. It's horrific. You made the playoffs last year. You won a playoff game last year. You felt good about things. This year, everything has been wrong. From week one, the block kick against the Dallas Cowboys, Sunday Night Football, everything's been downhill ever since. Two and eight, you lost a couple of games you probably could have won. But in reality, you've been one of the worst teams in the NFL, and you've been one of the worst offensive teams in the NFL. But if this year shakes out, where they take the pill, it's bitter, it's, it tastes awful, you got to sit through it, but it leads to greener pastures in April for years to come, it's worth it. Someone going to say that's, oh, I don't like that. It's a, it's a loser's mentality. That's, old. that's that's old way of thinking. That's a nonsensical way of thinking. And I am not going to defend this GM and this head coach at all for the year they've had. They've had a terrible season. They've had so many things go wrong. But I think in many ways, it sets them up perfectly to reset the organization if they can execute properly the next seven or eight games. Like, you look at the tankathon teams. The Cardinals beating Atlanta today. That was a monstrous result. Monstrous result for the Giants. Because remember, the Giants had that dopey win against the Cardinals. Monstrous result. You got a huge game coming up in a few weeks with the Patriots where, let's be honest, you need them to lose to New England. All of a sudden, you go and lose to the Commanders, you lose to the Patriots. Hey, you're sitting pretty. One more Carolina win, and away you go, and you might be talking about the Giants of all teams with the number one pick in the draft. That's a tough way to have December and January play out, but we've seen teams screw it up. The Jets, I know Trevor Lawrence is not lighting it up this year for Jacksonville. You think the Jets like to have Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback? And they could have, but they won a meaningless game in 2020 against the Los Angeles Rams. And I asked the Jet fan, what good did that win do you in 2020? Would any Jet fan like that win? Or would you say, you know what, I'd take it back and I'd have a young quarterback I could have built my team around as opposed to the knucklehead we're watching on Sunday Night Football. That's why that logic and narrative, oh, I can't root for my team to lose. It's such bullshit. It's such bullshit because for the long term, it's the best thing for you. So get ready for a whole lot of ugly finishes and ugly football games for the New York Giants. But hey, if it leads to the number one pick in the draft, who's complaining? Let's get some reaction. We'll take a break, do some voicemails at 917-382-1151. Jet season on life support, Giants season. It's got a whole new meaning going into Thanksgiving, December, and beyond. Not the meaning you thought maybe going into the year, but it could be significant. More ways than one. We'll come right back.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314
0: 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Cash in on balling out this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And. I normally don't like taking teams second night of a back-to-back, but the Knicks over the last couple of years have played the Celtics tough. I think you're getting way too many points in Boston. I'm going to grab them. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to win the game. I think they find a way to keep it competitive. So that's going to be our Monday night play. Go and give me the Knicks plus the points in Beantown. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of ways to bet, including quick bets, live same-game parlays, the parlay hub, and more. So visit fanduelcom nyny and turn dimes into dollars this season. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. First online real money wager only, $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, voicemail time, 917-382-1151. And by the way, next Sunday, watch Party, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock games at Catch in Astoria. We will be doing our pod from the bar at Catch. You want to come stop by, come hang out. Should be a ton of fun. Hope to see you all there. We'll see if the Jets can give you uh, a better offensive effort. Maybe they'll score a touchdown against the Bills. I don't know, I might have to buy drinks for the bar if they go and score a touchdown. That could be costly. That could be costly. Maybe if they hit 28 points, we'll think of something stupid. I like the sound of that. All right, voicemails. Steph, let's hear them.
0: Hey, JJ, this is Jeremy from my line. I just got finished watching the Jets lose to the Las Vegas Raiders, and I can't anymore. I can't invest in this team. I can't wait every week for this game and look forward to it. This team is not worth my time. I They have the elements of a playoff championship caliber team. Their defense played lights out again. Uh, Brees Hall and Gary Wilson are great playmakers, but continuously they shoot themselves in the foot, are undisciplined, and just tease you. They tease you uh in that, like, five-minute drive, and then Zach throws a pick. They tease you for half a second on that Hail Mary, and then uh, Tyler Conklin blocked it, but before the Hail Mary, they tease you with the, oh, Zach scored a touchdown. No, he didn't. Oh, Brees scored a touchdown. No, he didn't. Oh, oh, we're in field range. No, we're not. Oh, like, it's it's unbelievable. I've never seen a team torture their fan base, really torture them as much as this Jets team has this year. It's disgusting. It's all on the coach to me. It's his third year, right? And he still has these guys playing incredibly undisciplined football. It's it's inexcusable. And I'm not going to put this on Zach Wilson. I'm putting this whole season falling apart, not on Aaron Rodgers and Achilles, you know, blowing up four plays. We all know about that. Look at the Raiders, man. The Raiders' season was over, right? Kirk Cousins, they brought in a guy the next Tuesday, and he's 2-0, and and they can win the freaking North. I know the Vines are very good, but how could we not have done that? How could we not have done that? Like, wh- what is the logic? Thinking with this guy who we know in the Chiefs game, he's going to be great, but he's going to fumble when the game's on the line. He's going to throw picks when the game's on the line. He's going to fumble at least once a game in key spots. What, what what do we look, like, how do you even, I'm I'm at a loss. This team hasn't made the playoffs since I was 10 years old. I'm 23. I'm at a loss on how it's not important to the Jets uh, to make the playoffs. And they're not doing things that professional teams do when they're in those kinds of situations to win. And it's really disappointing. Uh, you know, we could beat Buffalo. If we beat Buffalo and we beat Miami, I'll be interested. But I doubt we beat both those teams back-to-back weeks and the season's probably over. So,
1: later. Jeremy, I feel your pain. And this is an easy second guess from a Jet front office perspective. Joshua Dobbs being out there is a guy anybody could have had. The Arizona Cardinals knew Kyler Murray was coming back. They knew they were in a position where they were going to unload him. That's a call the Jets should have made. Minnesota didn't have much time to go and have that materialized. Kirk Cousins tore his ACL. Boom, Joshua Dobbs was on the team two or three days later. Dobbs would have 1,000% made sense from a Jet standpoint. He would have. And would I have more confidence in him to go and run this offense as opposed to a guy like Zach Wilson? Yeah, I would. And you hit on something that I think is becoming really frustrating from a Jet perspective across the board here. They, at times, offensively, in this game against Vegas today, showed you glimpses. Brees Hall showed you glimpses. Garrett Wilson showed you glimpses. Wilson, with his mobility, first half, showed you glimpses. But it seems like every drive ends the same way. The Jets screwing it up themselves. C.J. Uzama had two massive penalties today. There were multiple other instances where a positive play gets wiped out for the Jets because of a hold or a shot block or it's a roughing the passer on the defensive side of the ball. And to that point, that is completely on the head coach, where you have to rein your team in because clearly the messaging is not getting across in cleaning up penalty issues yeah, played a major role in this game. There wasn't that much difference between the Jets and the Raiders today. The Jets were far more penalized. You tell me that field goal at the end of the first half didn't make a difference? It sure did. You tell me getting a, a touchdown basically wiped off the board because you had a Uzama holding call that sends him back 10 yards, didn't hurt him? Of course it did. Can't make those mistakes. But yeah, here we are, and the Jets continue to make those mistakes. Again, and again, and again. And that's why they're in the position that they're in. Four and five. Who's next?
0: JJ, Justin in Miami. You know, since 2012, we've seen some terrible giant teams. This, this may be the worst. And right now, you have to redefine what, what the goal of this season is. And frankly, it's pretty simple. They need to end up with the first or second pick in the draft. And anything they do from here on out to dwarf that goal is a disaster. So, you know, you can forget about bringing Tyron Taylor back because if they do anything to win games down the stretch, everyone should be fired. You're putting those fans to a, a, a miserable season. And if we end up with Drake May or Caleb Williams, people will forget it, just like nobody talks about 0-3. But if we, you know, if we get a, a Tyron Taylor and we beat the Packers and and Patriots down the stretch and are picking fifth. God help us. You know, that,
1: that's how I feel at this point. I feel, everybody. Justin, I don't blame you. I think it's exactly the way you should feel from a Giants standpoint. This has been a nightmarish year. This is Judge-esque. This is McAdoo-esque. This is Schirmer-esque. This is the Giants, in a nutshell, since they won their second Super Bowl. Now, There will be some folks out there looking at this year saying it's so bad everything's got to go. I'm not looking at it that way. I think the Giants have had some bad luck. I think the Giants have lost some games they shouldn't have lost early in the year. They shouldn't have lost the Buffalo game. They did. They shouldn't have lost the Jet game. They did. They lose Jones. They lose Thomas. Yeah, they were a flawed roster. They weren't as good as maybe they thought they were going into the year. And I thought they were going into the year. But we have plenty of examples of teams in NFL history that overachieve with a new coach, new regime, first year, and they take a step back in a second year. This just happens to be a monstrous step back for the Giants. But as you brilliantly drew up and put it in perfect soliloquy, you go and end up with the number one and the number two pick in the draft. You might look back on it and say, hey, we hit on our quarterback for the next decade. You remember 2023? It sucked. But was it worth it? Yes. You mentioned 2003. That was a year in which the Giants missed postseason. Don't forget. 2002, they they made the playoffs, lost a heartbreak to Jeff Garcia and T.O. in the nineties. Following year, Had expectations. Kerry Collins got hurt. A lot of things went sour. Foster got fired. It was a rotten year. Awful. Didn't have the number one pick, but they were were set up. And it allowed them to be in a position where Eli Manning saw them. They were desirable. And they ended up with the quarterback. And I think it's fair to say that worked out really well in the history of the New York Giants. We'll see if this 2023 season does that. And I have been very supportive of Tyrod Taylor on this show. I have. I gave him credit when he came in after Jones got concussed or Jones got hurt. I should rephrase that and get concussed. But you know what I mean. Got hurt, missed some time. And he played okay. Tyrod Taylor should not play another game for the Giants this year. Even if he is medically cleared to play, it should be hit. Tyrod, uh, you can hold a clipboard. You could put a baseball cap on, but we don't want to win. Because he comes in and plays, he can win a couple of games for the Giants. Without question. Tyron Taylor could go beat the Packers or the Rams or New England. Yeah, he could win those games. I want Tommy DeVito the rest of the way. Tankin', Tommy, DeVito. You want to give a gift to the team that plays in your homestead in New Jersey? Go get him, Caleb Williams and Drake May. Go do that. Let's take one more. Let's hear
3: it. JJ, my man, it's feet in Westchester County, chilly Westchester County tonight. We're down to 30 degrees outside about, as they say in one of the best TV shows of all time, at least until the last season, winter, winter is coming. And for the New York Giants, my man, winter is already here. This team, I don't know what else to say. Obviously it's not much of a surprise what happened tonight. Um, or today, I think you look at, this team and losing is best thing. Losing really is the best thing for them right now because we are far away from being a championship level deep playoff run team. And obviously, that's becoming more and more players. So, really, losing is the best thing for this, for this team and for the organization. And sadly, uh, you know, Daniel Jones' time is probably going to come to an end after that high draft pick happens. So, we got to just hope for the best there. But The call is. I just wanted to say or ask you if you see a potential path to. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but is there is there a chance that Brian Dable will be gone at the end of the season? I don't think so right now, gun to my head. But I mean, looking at what this team looks like today with Tommy DeVito out there, I mean they really need to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate what this offense is going to look like for the rest of the season. We got a lot of football to play here, bro. And obviously losing is probably for the best, but I mean, if this is going to get like real ugly, like Jake from ugly, I mean, it might get interesting for Mr. Dable. So what's your thoughts there? Um, Appreciate the time. Going to go pour myself a nice double bourbon on the rock, kick my feet up and watch the Jets, and try to have a nice little Sunday night because Sunday as a day was, was pretty shitty. All right, man, have a good week. Thank you as always. And thanks for taking the call. Take care.
1: Hey, look, I think Dable's had a terrible season. I've roasted Dable plenty on this podcast. I've done it multiple weeks. I think he's your head coach next year. I do not think the Giants want to keep changing coaches. I do not think they want to keep changing GMs. They went to the playoffs and won a playoff game last year. I I think John Mayer is going to be mindful of that. And I don't think he's going to be rational when it comes to that. I don't. I don't. However, he needs to execute the plan at the end of this year that might make him look bad in the process. You mentioned Jake Fromm. You mentioned what we saw that last game of the year against Washington. Well, I don't know if you're going to see that. I don't think you want the team to necessarily, you know, mail it in from an effort standpoint, but you really want them to go and lose the remainder of the games they have left. Right? You want the number one and the number two pick. So how do you execute a plan in order to do that and not look awful in the process? I don't know. It's a slippery slope. It is slippery. But you know what? My concern is get the number one and the number two pick. And I'll worry about the other stuff when it comes down. All right. Eventful day in the league, that's for sure. First of all, how about C.J. Stroud? You think about what he's doing with the Houston Texans as a rookie. I'm drawing. How can you not be? He goes to Cincinnati and beats Burrow. And this game, listen, I he made a big mistake late in the fourth quarter. I didn't understand for the life of me why the Texans were throwing a pen. I'm like, at this point in the game, what, what are we doing here? Or well, it was up seven. I I I was like, well, what on? Maybe it was ten. I don't even know what it was, but it was someone had a texting ticket. I was disgusted. He threw the interception. Then all of a sudden, Cincinnati ties the game. Then you think they're going to win it. Boyd drops the touchdown, and he proceeds to lead them right down the field, and they get the game-winning field goal. Houston's in the playoff mix. They're well coached. Quarterback's playing great. They don't have great offensive talent, and guys are emerging and stepping up. CJ has actually put himself in the heat conversation with the way he's played. He's not going to win the award, but that's how good he's been. He's been that good. Other takeaways. How good were the Niners today? The Niners absolutely smoked the Jaguars. They play like a team that was ticked off, that was angry, that had an axe to grind. I am pissed I did not include them for our picks with Benigo because that was a stone-cold lock. There was no way in the world they were losing that game. Dominant performance from them. Um, The other takeaway I had, Cleveland. I don't know how they're doing it, but to go into Baltimore, Red Hot Ravens, win that game, that defense, they know how to play. They can get anything out of Watson and anything out of that offense. They're a dangerous, dangerous team. And then we have found our candidate for the most lucky and most fortunate team in the NFL this year. Last year it was Minnesota Vikings. This year it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers been outgained in every game this year. They are six and three on the season. That is insane to think about. Six and three on the season. And they've been outgained in every single game. Super impressive. Why? Because Mike Tomlin. They win these close games. And, and this game against the Packers, that was sick. I mean, block PAT, love throws the interception late. They had the lateral play that should have been a fumble. I don't know what territory and company were talking about what they were looking at. I'm sitting there watching the game I'm like, are you guys are you guys serious? This is a backward pass. Charles Davis, our guy was all over. backwards pass. No, not according to the uh, the rules expert on CBS. So that pissed me off. And, and then the other element in play, and I know some jet fans are going to be able to enjoy it tonight. The Patriots are one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, can you believe that there were actually people? As of a year or two ago, they had the audacity to sit there and tell me that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua. I mean, can you imagine making that point and being steadfast in that? He stinks. To the point where Belichick was so disgusted with him at the end of the game, he threw a pick late. They put Zappi in for the final drive. And Bill O'Brien was giving him the business. Belichick was giving him the business. I mean, the Patriots are an absolute abomination. But they're a competitor for the Giants for that worst pick. Well, that first pick, however you want to phrase it. So that's a little quick run through of what we saw in Week 10. A lot of good games, a lot of fun finishes in the Lions. How fun today! You knew that lion charger game was going to be exactly like that. Anyway, let's uh, hear from our buddy Larry. Trivia time. Let's go.
3: Larry, here's a couple trivia. Who is the last NOC team to lose a Super Bowl and return to the game the next year? Question two, going into this week, who is the only team in the NFL to score at least 20 points in every game?
1: I'm out. All right, so if we're going to take this week out of the equation, team that scored 20 points in every game this year, I was going to say Detroit, but I think they yucked that up with their performance. Against Baltimore a few weeks ago. Team to score 20 in every game this year. Larry, let's go with the Minnesota Vikings.
0: <laughs>
1: nope, not the Vikings. Okay. 20 points every game this
3: year. Hmm.
1: The Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. The Seattle Seahawks.
0: Mm.
1: This is tough. The Washington Commanders. Mm. Stefan, would you say this is one of the better teams in the league? I wouldn't call them a better team in the league, but I will say you mentioned the Steelers being like a lucky team that just keeps on winning. They're very similar to the Steelers, in a sense. They just find ways to keep on winning games. Interesting. Team that continues to find ways to win games. I'm, like, running through the schedule. I'm trying to think about teams. The Houston Texans? Maybe not. It can't be Larry's, Brown's. No, they got shut out. I exclude that answer. Is it Stefan, Todd Bowles, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Mm. I feel like I've given out, like, every mediocre team imaginable. All right, this is my last guess, and I'm waving a white flag on this one. The Detroit Lions. Mm. What what team am I missing here, Stefan? The Indianapolis Colts. Wow, you're right. Your hint was a good one. Because the Colts had scored 20 in every single game until this game against New England this week. So, Larry's disclaimer, excluding Week 10, was significant. Now, the team in the NFC to go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, to lose the Super Bowl and go back the following year, I feel like it has not happened. In my lifetime, in the last 25, 30 years. J- j- like in the AFC, it, it has not, right, Stefan? You're absolutely right when it, it hasn't happened in your lifetime. This is before you were born. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. My guess is going to be the Bud Grant Minnesota Vikings. Got you, Larry. I took the trip down memory lane. It was well before my time. And I knocked it out of the park. That might be the best thing I've done all day today. I'm proud of myself for that answer. I couldn't get the Indianapolis Colts. But my goodness, I was not screwing that one up. Job well done, Larry. Job well done. All right, Jeff Bunny. Monday Night Football, maybe a little college basketball. What's in store? What do we got, bud?
3: What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper. It's from Monday the 13th. Now, you already know the play. We've both got a family play on the uh, Buffalo Bills for the Monday Night Football game, minus the 7. As far as going to that game for the week, uh, right now I'm two wins, one loss, and one. Two wins, one loss, and a, and a tie. So two one one two one and one 2-1-1. So we'll see if I can uh, pull out. So I'm definitely going to have a winning no matter what. Actually, no, not doing that, winning week, no matter what. But let's see if I can uh, pull off the bill game and have a nice week there. And uh, everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here.
1: Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Look, I did not have a great week 10. The Jets really were a team that was the coup de gras. And again, I get what I deserve. Put my money on Zach Wilson, put my money on the Robert Salah coach team in a primetime spot. I get what I deserve. I get what I deserve. Um, the Packer one haunted me a little bit. The Raven one haunted me a little bit. I just, I can't catch a break. I'm going to lose old school, new school again at go. Two games, heads up, I lose both games to Joe. I mean, I I, I just can't. I can't. So I, I feel your pain and I feel your anguish, Jeff fans. I need one here with Buffalo. And let's hope if Buffalo is going to win, they're going to cover. We don't want a situation where Buffalo wins like a three or four point game. And I don't win my bet and the Bills still win the game. So, if Buffalo's not going to cover seven tomorrow, I hope they lose the game outright. The thing with Buffalo is they have been one of those teams. They're front runners. They're a team that when they get the momentum going, they kind of get the wagon going. They can put a team out of their misery. I just can't see Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos. I know they beat the Chiefs. I know everyone is thinking about that memory etched in their head. I don't think they have found something all of a sudden. I don't. They go to Buffalo and win, then maybe I'm going to give them more credence for what they did a few weeks ago. But I'm not ready to buy. I'm not ready to be a believer. So I will be on the Bills laying the seven. Now, a couple of quick thoughts. Knicks have gotten back on track these last few games. you see the difference Barrett makes when he's on the floor? And Randall, to his credit, we all killed him at the beginning of the year. He has been much better the last few games. He has put up his numbers. And I never really doubted that when it can, when it kind of came to Julius Randle doing his thing, like, in the regular season, he's going to do that. He's going to put up numbers. He's been an All-NBA player two of the last three years. But I think we all know how the script is going to play out come playoff. We all know how it's going to shake out for Julius Randle. So, my concerns were never about what you were going to see in November and December and January and February. There were concerns about what you would see when the Knicks find themselves back in the postseason. but. You know, got off to a little bit of a sluggish start. Now they've kind of righted the ship a little bit and they're exactly where they need to be in the early going of this year. I want to shout out, uh, Gotham FC won a little tournament here in New York. They won the chip. So good for them. Somebody had to win in New York. Somebody had to win. So hats off to them on a successful season. And as far as what we have coming up this week, we will have CJ Uzama, which should be interesting because We're going to have to take him to task for a couple of penalties that ended up being killers, and I'm sure he's not sleeping great on this flight back from Vegas. We will have Mendoza meeting the media, so we'll see if you get any any interesting tidbits on that on Tuesday. So we'll have our pot on Tuesday with Uzama, Carlos Mendoza, and we're getting all amped. I got a wedding weekend for my sister, and I got the big catch show, which I expect to see many of you attending. We're going to have a lot of fun, watch football, hang out. It should be a great day. Uh, I'm going to be uh, hurt a little bit. Bruised, battered, and beaten, but you know what they say, no excuses, play like a champion. That's what we'll be doing uh, for the Jets and the Bills, and we'll see if the Jets can somehow, someway, do the unthinkable and win in Buffalo. Can you imagine if the Jets go and beat the Bills twice this year? That would be something. And they need to win one. Of, if the Jets are going to be in the playoffs, they have to win one of these next two games. If they lose to Buffalo and they lose to Miami, the season is over. And right now, let's be honest, at four and five, I think there's a good chunk of you already think the Jets season is going in that direction. So four and five, not what you wanted in this two game stretch. Not what you wanted. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Good job by Stefan. Uh get some sleep, everybody. Or enjoy your Monday. I mean, I'm finishing it up. It's one twenty in the morning. But hey, the beauty of podcasting. I'm out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one within Indiana. 1-100-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-100-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call one 800 327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.